the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It is a delight to bring back a dear friend and a longtime friend uh, of myself and the show, Andrew C. McCarthy. He is a senior fellow at the National Review Institute. He is an National Review contributing editor. He is the author of, among other books, Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. He is a former federal prosecutor. Andy, thanks for joining us. It's great to be with you again, sir. Seth, how are you, my friend? I am doing fine. My country isn't. Our country isn't. Yep. Um, I know that there are a lot of different jokes and laugh lines going on right now, but honest to God, Andy, I think we're in a constitutional crisis. I really do. I think this is a very serious moment um, when uh, federal prosecutors write that the president of the United States... Um, is a man with diminished faculties and faulty memory. We are in real soup here. What's your sense? Well, I I couldn't agree with you more on that. I mean, I thought that Robert Hur's report, the special counsel, is flawed as a legal explanation for why charges shouldn't be brought against President Biden, which in and of itself would be uh, grounds for a constitutional crisis, yes, I sir. suppose. Yes. But um, as if he were writing this as a predicate to invoke the 25th Amendment, it would be a much more persuasive document yes, than sir. than a, uh, a memo about why not to charge. Well, let me, yeah, let me, let me focus on that and we'll come back to my, my, my other point in a second. Let's focus on that because um, your piece that you published t- today over at National Review, uh, Democrats shoot at the wrong target, and some of the comments you made yesterday uh, on Fox News I thought were really um, perceptive and instructive. Let's talk about that. One of the things you said yesterday on TV, if I'm quoting you right by memory, was really interesting. All this time Mr. Hurst spends talking about what the jury may or may not find, I think you said something like, if you're talking in that area— you're already talking about stuff that should be in front of a jury, and it's really up to a jury to be the fact finder, not the prosecutor, to take those facts away from a jury, which has liable or triable issues. Do I have you somewhat right on that point? Yeah, if you're, if you're talking about uh, how the case would play out in front of a trial and whether a jury would acquit because a defendant was sympathetic, particularly if the sympathy lay uh, in his inability to function at a uh, at a high enough level mentally. Right. Um, then you've already that's you don't worry about how the case plays out in the jury right. if you have found reasons not to charge in the first place. If right. the case is legally infirm, you never get to the assessment right. of what would the jury think. Right. They had enough facts, obviously, that they laid out to, if I understand you right, to take to a jury. Right. They just thought the jury might not conclude the way uh, a fact finder might if you wanted a prosecutor find guilt, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Now, 
it's the second thing that you added to your comments, and you get into this a little bit in your piece in National Review today, which is of interest to me too. I've always said about you, Andy, you'll, you're, you're just the teacher this country needs when it comes to abstruse issues of law because you always write about the things we, we kind of need to know about. And I haven't been in a courtroom since God was a child, but this whole issue of willfully violating the law and the abil- and the de- issue of diminished capacity. You get into it a little bit here, especially in contradistinction to what Donald Trump's going through on the Espionage Act. Would you give us a brief pressy on that whole point, diminished capacity, willfulness, et cetera? Yeah, I, I think the big flaws in the report, Seth, and I appreciate the, the, the kind words, are that it, it sees the evidence, and from what I can see in the report, it looks like it was compelling evidence, caused her to make a conclusion that Biden acted willfully. Right. And willfully, willfulness is the highest standard in the law. It, in, in terms of the criminal law, in terms of what prosecutors have to prove, it's the highest level of protection for a defendant. Because a prosecutor, it, it almost defies the old adage that... Uh, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Right. Because what you basically have to prove is that the person consciously understood that his conduct was in violation of the law and acted with a bad purpose. Kind of an old monotony um, test, right? A little bit, a little bit like that. You yeah, knew what you were yeah. doing a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you can prove that, and there's good reason to think that her could prove that which right. is why which by the way is why he he gets to what would a jury think of all this right um if you could prove that then um gross negligence is a layup right and the reason i mention that is the same statute that he's looking at and the statute that there are 32 counts against trump in in the uh in the Mar-a-Lago indictment, right. the Espionage Act, Section 793 of the Criminal Code, right. one of the laundry list of crimes, I feel like we're doing Hillary Clinton. I know, movie, I right? know, I feel your pain. But, right. but one of the crimes is gross negligence. Right. Like you mishandle, uh, if you're trusted with classified information, usually you cannot have a negligence standard in the criminal law, because the law is the criminal law is about intentional criminal violations. Right. But the reason we allow negligence in narrow categories is because the people we're talking about have an obligation to safeguard the information. We're trusting them with access to the nation's secrets. So right. their obligation is to safeguard it, and they get trained in how to how to do that. Right. Um, so. You know, if you're in a situation where Biden, for example, when he was senator, senators can't take classified information out of the facilities in the Capitol. Right. Um, where the, where or anywhere. Right, 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 right. Right. They don't have they're never going to have a legitimate excuse for doing that. And the only way you could do it would be, I mean, the only conceivable way that you could do it more than once. I, I give everybody a chance at once for, uh, okay. you know. Because you're, you're you're not whatever. a hanging judge, but, right? Okay. But if, <laughs> yeah. if you but if you get somebody who does it time and time again, uh, you know that can only be done if you smuggle it out. You're right. not that they're not allowed to. They're not like executive security. They officials. know what they're doing. Um, you have willful. Right. 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 So the thing is, he 
if he finds willful violations, I don't think it doesn't seem to me that he even seriously um, considered what about the what about the provision of the statute that makes it a 10 year felony to mishandle classified information with gross negligence. Right. Um, And it'd be fine, I suppose, if we're going to say we're not going to bring that charge against anyone. But I think if you've indicted a former president now. Trump is not indicted on that provision of the statute, but nevertheless, if you can indict a, a former president under the same statute, um, 32 counts, which would subject him to three centuries of imprisonment, mm-hmm. potentially, mm-hmm. I think you owe the public at least a, an analysis and an explanation of why you're not bringing that charge. So to me, that's a that's a big problem uh, in in the report. And I don't you know, I don't really see a way around it. You know, you raised this issue of the 25th Amendment. Let me let me let me get to the border of that. Take it as far as you want. If Mr. Hur's report shows and does show that this is a man of diminished faculties and faulty memory, says he was reckless with classified material due to lapses and failures. What, seven years ago? How the hell do we go on? Pardon my French, Andy. How the heck do we go on with a man entitled to, and not entitled to, but in charge of classified intelligence now, now, today. Yeah, well, look, I, I think you would have a problem if you had somebody who was uh, accused not only of recklessly handling it, but willfully doing it time and time Fair and enough. time again. Right. Um, you would have a you would have a big problem in either event. And as far as the 25th Amendment is concerned, you know, we, we heard an awful lot, Seth, as everybody was watching the Supreme Court argument yeah. about whether something is self-executing. Yeah. Well, the 25th Amendment is not self-executing. I know. you got to execute it. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Let's so talk with- about the execute. Yeah, that's an interesting angle. Um, what is it, Section 4 of the 25th Amendment or something, like Section 3 or Section 4? I have to take a quick commercial break. Can we pick up on that yeah, when sure. we come? Okay, great. Uh-huh. Thank you, sir. Andrew McCarthy, Andrew C. McCarthy is our guest, among other things, former federal prosecutor, senior fellow at the National Review Institute, author of A Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Andy McCarthy, Andrew C. McCarthy, a senior fellow at National Review Institute, National Review contributing editor, author, former federal prosecutor, really our nation's best legal teacher uh, for um, at least the last uh, 30 years that I've been aware of his work as our guest. Thanks for staying with us, Andy, Andrew. Um, We were just getting into this issue of the 25th Amendment, Section 4, particularly, as you say, it's not self-executing. I was saying there is one dinner table I wanted to be at last night. Only one. I wasn't there. <laughs> but it was at the Naval Observatory. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Well, you know, look, the 25th Amendment has to be invoked by basically the vice president yeah. and the cabinet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if they're two, if, if they're the ones who observe the president every day, um, we get glimpses, and what we see is not very encouraging, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, what what um, the special counsel reported is horrifying. I think the attacks on him are really untoward uh, for reporting it because 
by statute, by regulation, his report is confidential. It was the attorney general who allowed the report to be made public. Right. I understand why he did that. It would have been a big political problem for him if he didn't. Right. There would have been, you know, screaming bloody murder and Congress would have been trying to subpoena it. But the point is, when a prosecutor explains to his supervisor, this is why I don't think we should charge, you have to lay out all that detail, yep. including that. If we charge this guy, I may be in a six month to a year litigation about whether he's fit to stand trial because of his his mental acuity. So you owe that to your boss to to provide that that detail. Right. Um, it, it was it was the attorney general who decided to share that with the public. Um, so uh, you know, there's that. But the more pressing question for us is. What do we do about it? Yeah. If we have a president, you know, we can see objectively, and this isn't a part, partisan hit, even Democrats look at this uh, president and see a very diminished person. I mean, yeah. all you need to do is look at some clips of like the debate he did with uh, Paul Ryan in 2012 and compare that to today's Joe Biden and not even like the same person. And he's physically diminishing in front of our eyes. Uh, it has to be worse behind the scenes. Uh, the fact that he went out last night and embarrassed himself yet again in the cause in the course of defending himself yep. is is case in point. Right. And then what I heard Democrats say afterwards was that they were surprised that they that his handlers right. let the president go out and do that last night because they should have done it in the morning where he'd be fresher. Right. I mean, that's their that's their that's their defense. defense. Right. Or Karen Jean Pierre saying, as she did today, I'm not a medical doctor when asked about his mental acuity or who's the science Sam's. I guess he's a spokesman for this uh, for the uh, White House counsel's office. Uh, His defense today was uh, you'll like this one, Andy, if you didn't see it. People are human. Um it's, well, I'm glad that that's an improvement over Katanji Brown yeah. Jackson. Yeah. She yes, didn't know what a yes, woman yes, was. Yes, so, yes, yes. So, I, all I can say is we're getting warmer. Yeah, the nouns are matching each other. Right. Good point, Andy. <laughs> Good point. The nouns, the nouns agree. Um, but this does begin to feel a little bit like when you watched Ian or Ian Sams's press conference today where they're going after Merrick Garland and the DOJ a little bit, as you mentioned, in question as to whether Merrick Garland might have or should have done this. Um, we're beginning to enter Saturday Night Massacre territory. We're beginning to enter, I mean, more of a constitutional crisis. We're beginning to... The question I have for you, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but I know I know these green rooms. I, I, I know how often you're on Fox News. And they bring on one of these Biden defenders every now and again that says, oh, well, in person, he's just fine. If you could only see the level of detail he goes into in these private me, I, I just don't believe them. You guys must be laughing your butts off when they talk like this. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I saw someone came on. A lot of what I do these days is remote. Oh, OK. So All right. All right. Much, okay. I don't <laughs> All right. You the, don't get uh, the bagels unlocked. OK. Right. As much as you, right. I used to. But, you know, I, there was exactly that. Um, on a segment that I was on in the afternoon on Fox right before me by a, a Democratic spokesman who I actually like, yeah. um, who said, like, he was with Biden the night before yeah. and, uh, like, all was well. Yes. And I, I, I want to take him at his word. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is there have been glimpses that you've seen of Biden from time to time that, you know, he looks like he's functioning fine. 
But anybody who's ever lived with somebody who is aging and declining and where dementia is setting in, it's not a straight line. It's a, you know, things go up and down. Some days people seem very lucid. Other days, not so much. And the problem is we're not talking about just your average guy. This is the most important job in the world. And it would be, we see the way that it ages people in their 40s and 50s. Correct. So to have somebody who's 81 and diminished and, you know, look, I hate dwelling on this because I just personally, I hate this for a variety of reasons. But, you know, Joe Biden, it's famously documented, had a couple of cerebral aneurysms uh, in the 1980s. You can't tell me. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on television. I didn't stay at a, you know, whatever that hotel is last night. Right. But. Um, you can't tell me that that has nothing to do with what we're seeing here. And that's not his fault. That's, you know, look, I, I right. thought Biden was a was a bird brain when he was in his prime. Sure. So I'm not you know, I'm not saying, gee, it's uh, like we had Einstein here and suddenly, Correct. Like, you know, we can't. But this is a man well beyond his prime who has had yeah. problems in the past. And we don't even really have to speak of the past right now in his defense last night. After three days, almost in a row, of confusing Helmut Kohl and Francois Mitterrand with who? Angela Merkel and uh, Emmanuel Macron. He confuses the president of Egypt with Mexico in the defense of himself. And yes, yeah. Andy, I mean, we're, we're. And can I say one yes, other thing yes, about the may. defense of himself, yes. Seth? Because yes. I, I should have said this when you were asking me about the report. Yes. The other thing that doesn't make sense about the report that he argued vigorously in his defense is that he cooperated with the investigators where Trump obstructed them. Right. That's a reason to indict Trump for obstruction. It's not a reason to not indict right. Biden. Right. For the thing that the investigators were investigating right. when he was being cooperative. Right, you know? right. If you murder somebody, then you cooperate with the investigators. You know, it's very nice that you cooperate. But cooperation is what we expect from every American, especially the guy who's sworn to execute No, it's the a law, great basically. point. It's a great point. We're yeah. not giving out stars. Maybe that is the new world. We give out stars for showing up and doing what you're legally obligated to do, much less just, you know, what the Menschlichkeit behavior is. I know that's a phrase you know being from New York. Andrew McCarthy, you are a good man, <laughs> sir, and I appreciate so much your scholarship, but not as much as I appreciate your friendship. Thank you for being with us today. Seth, it's my pleasure. Thank you. God bless you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Our friends at the Midas Gold Group War Room, they point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank. While the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank, that belongs to you. It's your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank government are trying to do. Controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. Protect yourself and turn this wake-up call into a phone call to veteran-owned Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 480-360-3000 or MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful. Midas Gold Group. MAGA and proud of it. MidasGoldGroup.com. One of the, um, having spoken with Andy McCarthy, Andrew McCarthy, in the previous couple of segments. One of the things I want to lament 
a bit about um, about those kinds of interviews, about these kinds of conversations, where you need to have people like John Yu on Fox News or Andy McCarthy on Fox News or on shows like this, where you need to get these former U.S. attorneys, former deputy deputies attorney general and legal scholars, even, you know, Jonathan Turley or whoever, Alan Dershowitz, any of these legal scholars on these shows to talk about the presidency of the United States in situations like this. This is not a healthy place for us to be. That's my point. My point is when you have special counsels and then you have to have questions of what the attorney general should do with the special counsel's report. And then in that report, you have things that tell you your president is of diminished faculty or faulty memory. This is an extremely unhealthy place for a government to be, much less a democracy. It is now at the level of government by, you tell me, this is this is this is not government by statute. It's not government by um, law book. It's not government by law professor. It's government hanging on by threads, uh, strings, tape, glue. Uh, what's Puff the Magic Dragon lyric? Uh, strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Except it ain't so fancy. But that's what this presidency is hanging on by. And if you go back and watch the political folks who are the Praetorian Guard around President Biden and what they're doing, you know, you just go back. I, I, know, I know people under the age of 55 or so don't remember these names. But you go back and look at the people around Richard Nixon, 1972, 1973, 1974, your Jeb Magruder's, your, you know, all of them, all of them, you know, and then they got fired one by one as he became increasingly isolated because they weren't doing his bidding the way they wanted to. And then ultimately you had, as young David was pointing out earlier in the show, this Saturday night massacre kind of situation where you have an attorney general who won't fire a special prosecutor, so you have the, dep- the attorney general resign, and you have a deputy attorney general or a solicitor general like Robert Bork take the position to do it. And on and on this cycle goes where there's absolutely no certainty as to who's in charge, whether it's at the Department of Justice or whether, gosh darn it, or whether it's the Oval Office. Whether it's the Oval Office, you just don't know who's in charge. And all of a sudden today, out trots someone we've never seen before because this is beyond Karin Jean-Pierre's ability. This uh, uh, Ian Sams from the White House Counsel's Office. And, you know, to the degree that most Americans can even distinguish between, well, what's the difference between the attorney general and the White House counsel and the special counsel? I mean, and the idea that there's just this, what, conveyor belt of trotting out new people to try and defend the indefensible? I can't begin to tell you how unhealthy it is. When I come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. As many of you know, we are doing a great event on March 26th, Fighting for Freedom. We're bringing out the great Mike Gallagher, and he'll join uh, me on stage along with Officer Brandon Tatum. The three of us will be on stage doing Q&A with y'all, y'all who have tickets. Um, you can get tickets at 19, excuse me, at 960thepatriot.com. Fighting for Freedom, March 26th. And we've been doing these um, weekly giveaways, pair of ticket giveaways. Uh, and uh, we have a winner. We announced them on Fridays. Uh, so congratulations to Paige McLean, Paige McLean Hahn, who is the um, winner for this week. And if you are not a winner, uh, please understand that you can, as I say, get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. These uh, events are really great, and we're keeping it, you know, relatively small. It's going to be at Arizona Christian University so that we can maximize interaction with you all, uh, talking about the issues in this election and the issues before us. You know, I don't know by March 26th whether we will even be talking about President Biden as the current president. I don't know. I don't know. My point is I don't know how long this can go on. A lot of you have thought, you know, I, I, I need to kind of move on. Fox News, other places, they're covering a lot of things. As far as I'm concerned, there is one story that matters. One story that matters. The special counsel writes, the special counsel writes, quote, Mr. Biden should have realized that his notes did or were likely to contain classified information. But taken as a whole... The evidence will likely leave jurors with reasonable doubts about whether Mr. Biden knew he was sharing classified information and intended to do so. Mr. Biden's apparent lapses and failures in 2017 will likely appear consistent with the diminished faculties and faulty memory he showed in interviews, recordings, and in our interview with him. Think about that. Think about that. The special counsel appointed by Merrick Garland, this current attorney general, Joe Biden's attorney general, says the evidence will likely leave jurors with reasonable doubts about whether Mr. Biden knew he was sharing classified information. Think about what that means. We don't know. The special counsel can't discern whether Joe Biden knew he was sharing classified intelligence or not. They can't discern it. What they do discern is he is a man of, in their words, diminished faculties and faulty memory. Please understand how important that is. Mr. Biden was reckless with classified material due to lapse and failure. By the way, seven years ago, that's in 2017. That's a 2017 event they're talking about. They write he was reckless with classified material due to lapse and failure seven years ago. Quote, lapses and failures consistent with diminished faculties and faulty memory witnessed last year. Last year he had faulty memory and diminished faculty. But, but... Evidently, as long as he stays in office, as long as he has his Praetorian Guard defending him, as long as he is throwing temper tantrums telling us he's just fine in prime time, 
evidently that all comes to a conclusion they want us to draw that it is okay to continue to trust Mr. Biden with not only classified intelligence now, never mind the levers of the most powerful military forces in the world and the command of steering the ship of state, both internationally and domestically, that it's okay to trust him with this now when he's showing He can't tell whether he is deliberately sharing classified intelligence or not due to lapses and failures with diminished faculties and faulting memory. And we just go on saying it's okay for him to be entrusted with classified intelligence now and the command of steering the ship of state. This is okay. This is not okay. This is far from okay. As I said In my monologue, it's the opposite of okay. This is disaster in the making. This is the Titanic heading toward an iceberg at full speed. That's what this is. With a captain who doesn't even know he's steering the Titanic or that he's a captain. Every year of the Trump presidency, every single year we were lectured to about an existential threat to the Constitution and a constitutional crisis that we were in. And I can't even remember what they were about except partisan statements of Nancy Pelosi's and Jerry Nadler's and Adam Schiff's and the like. Don't even remember why they said that stuff. This is existential, folks. This is existential. And what's so odd about it, what's so dramatically and tragically ironic about it is that Mr. Biden was supposed to be the solution to all that. There's a medical term for when the cure is worse for than disease or can be worse than the disease. Iotrogenesis, iotrogenic. That's what's going on here, folks. You were so excited and interested and energized to get rid of Donald Trump, who is in complete control of his faculties, so far as I can tell. So far as everyone else can tell, they don't like what he says sometimes, but he's in control of it. You were so interested and energized and catalyzed to get rid of him. You put in someone who can't be trusted to know the difference between Egypt and Mexico and presidents of France who died when Bill Clinton was president. Portions of the show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They have an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio that really invests in you, flexibility, control, and all kinds of things where you can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. Peace of mind, there is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, there are absolutely no fees. Of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. And best of all, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return with Y-Refi. A 10.25% fixed rate of return, that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. 
They're locally based. You can go visit with them. They invite you to their offices. They're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. You won't be asked to sign anything. You won't get a sales pitch. Don might ask you to honk on one of his trumpets if you admit to playing trumpet or knowing how to play trumpet. A lot of fun up there. Or you can check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. I I toyed around, just to let you in on a little bit of my thinking, I toyed around with... uh, Drafting a resignation a resignation speech. You'll see some columnists doing that. That's a prediction. Put that in your put that in your pipe and smoke on that this weekend. How many columns will you see by Monday with drafted resignation speeches by Joe Biden? I toyed around with doing it, but then I realized, you know, um, that would make too light of a very serious situation. He needs to write one. Jill needs to write one. Someone needs to write one for him. Folks, I know it's another iatrogenic solution by having Kamala Harris replace him. But at least she's, I think, as opposed to what I now know about our president, in control of her faculties. We may not like him, but uh, at least she's in control of him. And you need a president who's in control of him. At least until January of next year when we can replace the whole crowd that did this to us. Have a great weekend. Until Monday, I'm Seth Leibson. On behalf of David Dahl, God bless you all and class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>